0: and events presented in this podcast are from the members best recollection and may not be fully accurate the podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace the opinions shared on this podcast are of the individual's own and don't necessarily represent our employers positions strategies or opinions all views shared are under protected national labor relations act
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Teamsters 533 podcast out of Reno, Nevada. I am here today. My name is business agent Ross Kinson, extraordinaire, and uh, I have with me uh, two of our three amigos. We have
2: Jason, Esley,
1: and again, I'm Ross, uh, business agent, extraordinaire, yeah, yeah. What's the that? ghost. The go- oh, yeah, they call me the ghost um so we're here today to talk about a few things we've been on a bit of a hiatus shit has gotten real uh and we have all been putting in that work but uh we wanted to take the time to talk about a few things we want to get back on a a regular schedule and uh for all the folks who are listening we we appreciate you listening um and uh please like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we talking about today guys?
0: Uh quite a few things. First one on the agenda is Code 5. You guys remember back in the end of December, mm-hmm. the company started playing the Code 5 game and uh, and the reason I say that is cuz a lot of people don't know what Code 5 means.
1: Well, I mean, so in the confines of UPS, uh, code 5 uh compared to code 6 is what the company does um it's a pay code right so if you work at UPS you have an 8 hour guarantee right? drivers drivers too full time full time employees
2: no just package drivers right Feeders yeah. aren't guaranteed eight are they
1: full time employees are guaranteed eight hours yeah
2: yeah uh huh
1: yeah peter drivers 223s if you're full-time in the building, you're guaranteed your eight. If you're part-time, you're guaranteed three and a half in the Reno building.
0: So uh, guaranteed as in I show up and I move two boxes and I could go home and I get my eight?
1: Well, uh, it's it's definitely one of those things. It, we have to look at it carefully, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every single person who's coming in should be um, asking for their eight hours of work because they are guaranteed their eight hours of work. And, and our position in the union is that the company is not allowed to code five you what and so let's go back to code five for a second. Um, code 5 is, is again a pay code that t- um, if you work less than eight hours, that pay code will tell payroll that they should pay you for your actual hours' work. So if you only work six hours, they're only going to pay you for six hours. But again, our contract says that you are guaranteed, Eight hours as a full-time employee, and again, three and a half as a part-time employee. So it is our position that every single one of our employees needs to be asking for their eight hours, and if they're not being offered their eight hours by the employer, at that point we've got a problem. Um, you know, so if you come in, you work your six hours, and then the employer says, "All right, we don't have any more work for you." You need to say, "I would like more work." If you have anything else available, I want my guaranteed eight. And if they don't have anything else for you at that point, then they owe you eight hours of work for eight hours of pay for however many hours you worked.
0: As a company huge like UPS, I highly doubt they would ever run out of work. There's always, there's always work something to, always for you work. to do.
1: They could, they could give you a broom, right? I mean, look, it's not hard for them to find work and, and, The fact of the matter is, is especially right now, looking at what the company is doing, they are minimizing the amount of employees that they have. We've talked about it on this podcast before, but Carol Tomei's fucking dumb, and I'm going to be very crass here for a second, dumb shit fucking slogan, better not bigger, is just a cute way of saying we are downsizing. We are going to absolutely fuck all of our employees and we are going to make sure that they are working as many hours as possible. No one should be getting less than eight hours right now because there is plenty of work available. I know so many drivers who are getting 14 hours a day. You can easily go and take some work off of them and help your brothers and sisters.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is true. Um, The other thing too, is that uh, there are downsizing. I believe we got rid of one supervisor position Mm -hmm. so far and, um see the thing with me on code five is you're only guaranteed your eight as long as work is available and there's always work available so if you want to punch out at two o'clock and they're like hey we have work like <laughs> go help son so go help this and you say no nah, i'm going home i'm gonna get my eight. well actually you're not you're gonna get code five because when you try to put a grievance in for it and you come down to the union hall and try to uh put your case together for it they're going to look at you and say it clearly states in the contract that you're guaranteed eight as long as work is available work was available and you're the one that refused to do the work
1: mm-hmm.
3: that's uh, the problem
0: the problem with i see code six um mostly with this newer generation because when jason and i and you ross were coming up we didn't have that privilege of going home early Mm-hmm. The earliest as a as a rookie driver you gotta go home was seven. Easily. And and that was because all the supervisors were gone and home and nobody was telling you to go help who.
1: You snuck snuck one by the gate.
0: Yeah. And um nowadays, like a lot of these newer generation drivers are punching out at three thirty four, like if they're entitled to their guaranteed eight. Mm-hmm. And uh let me just say If you're getting it done fast, you're just giving the company another opportunity to put more on you Mm -hmm. because you're showing them that they're not giving you eight hours of work and that you need more.
1: It's, it's our position here within, um, the, the NorCal committee within the, the business agents around NorCal, um, that, the employees and there's language to support this within the contract, but the employees do not have the right to um, work outside of the contract. They don't have the right to make a a deal outside of the contract, right? Um, and when you're agreeing to Code Five, you are making a deal outside of the contract because the contract's clear. You are guaranteed eight hours, every single one. Of our members should be exercising their right to an eight-hour guarantee, absolutely one hundred percent every day. If you show up for two minutes, you are guaranteed. If you sh- if you walk through that door, you are guaranteed eight hours. If you are on that schedule, you are guaranteed eight hours, and they can't tell you that you are not. I've heard of several instances. We have a couple twenty-two fours who um, are, are back in the building right now, and I've heard of several instances where they've been told, Oh no, you only get four hours. Well, that's bullshit. So, you know, we've got, we've got some, uh, some education to do with management, especially the inside management, but the company's going to try and take advantage whenever they can. They want to save money. So uh, every one of our members should know if you are a full-time employee, you are guaranteed eight hours and they cannot split shift you. So if you're back in the building, that means they can't work you you know, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then bring you back at 3 p.m. They're not allowed to do that. It's eight consecutive hours.
2: I think that uh, goes into the next part is we have uh, a lot of people coming in in the morning, and they're like, oh, we don't have any work for you. Hmm. And they're like, go home. Some employees want the day off, need the day off. But then other people want to work, but they're too intimidated to say, give me work. Or people are too afraid of doing the work that they might have available. Mm -hmm.
1: That's where they should be reaching out to their shop stores.
0: See, the thing with that is how are they telling you that there's no work? Go home when there's routes going out with 300 stops. Hmm. When when we're um,
1: violating 9-5 every week.
0: And I'm currently on TAW, and there's times when I'm walking in at 1030. And the belts are still full of packages, especially in the Spark Center. There's mm-hmm. a lot of packages. It looks like peak season. Mm-hmm. So, the thing is, if you do get in that situation, request your aid. Say, I'm here to work. You put the Browns on. You came down all the way to Vista. You walked in the building. Like, guys, it's too expensive to go home nowadays. It is. So, my advice is just ask for the work and... And uh, like Ross said, reach out to a shop steward if you have any questions.
1: I want to ask a question. What do you, you know? So Jason, what do you do um, if someone comes in and they're being told to go home, and they bring up the the fact? Well, I'm guaranteed my eight, but look at how horrible the day is. They might keep me for twelve or thirteen hours. I don't want that. What, what do you tell them?
2: I just tell them you um, come in, you do the work. Right, I tell everybody that this job, everybody got spoiled. We had Amazon peak and when FedEx dropped them, yes, got busy as hell. And then we went into COVID peak, everybody's ordering shit at home all day. And that was busy. And then now we're actually starting to go back to normal. We have a lot of these junior drivers under two years that are starting to see the real UPS, you know, the when the S was talking about that, we all kind of came up in three to six o'clock at night. You get the green light, go help. So-and-so go take the rest of so-and-so's truck, you know, and, um, whether you got lucky or not, we all, we didn't sign up for an eight hour job. So I tell everybody, you want eight hours, go put an app at us bank, right? They'll give you eight every day. Uh, $19 an hour, maybe.
0: I mean, let's let's be honest here. We're we're the most luckiest um, barn in the Teamsters. We are because what troubles me honestly is when I was here helping and supporting our Keolis brothers, and mm-hmm. during the strike, mm-hmm. they were striking, and they were making nineteen an hour, mm-hmm. twenty an hour, and I've seen some of the most happiest people out there striking for that. One hundred percent. And it just troubles me when I see these newer drivers making 21 or 2150. I'm sorry if I'm not no, correct it, on the it pay rate. 2050,
1: 20, 20, uh, or 224 or four, 21 for a RPCD. You were right there.
2: And just, just make that 55. <laughs> and no, yeah. for real.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Like, well, that goes into another thing about going home just to hijack your thing real fast. Like These people going home because um, they don't want to do a 13 hour day. They just want that eight hour day when the mm. management sends them home. They're making eleven dollars an hour. You miss ninety dollars into your pension by going home that day. Your right. benefits at fourteen dollars an hour. So it's like YOLIS is making way less like you're talking about, but even the newest driver making fifty five an hour.
1: So to to dumb down what you just said for someone who might not know, what he's talking about is what we call your total package. So when you work at a union job, you are going to have health care benefits. You're going to have a pension or some form of retirement. Um, and you're going to have your hourly wages if you add all of those things up. So on, on the whole, UPS is paying about $14 an hour into your health care. They're paying $12 an hour into your pension. And then they're paying you your hourly rate, which starting out for new drivers is $20.50. And so your total package is significantly higher. And then you talked about that 13-hour day. After 8, you get overtime. And you just gave all of that up. You have just absolutely, uh, and for what? Uh, the ability to go home and, and sit on the couch, if, if that's what you want to do, then I don't know that this is the right job for you because Teamsters show up and they work. There's a reason why that our guarantee is in the contracts because we fought for it because it means something because it matters. You should be wanting to show up to work. You should be going in with the goal that you're working towards your retirement, that you want to get out as soon as possible so that you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. Every day that you take off is another day that you're going to have to spend in that. Uh, building, working for a company rather than enjoying your retirement. And I know that that's a long time. I know that that is hard to imagine for newer folks, but that ultimately is what you're working towards. And if you're making the decision that I'm going to go home and play video games, I have a person right now in one of my outlying centers who has no call, no showed. I want to say 15 times in the last 2 months. Mm-hmm. And when we asked him, "Why are you not coming to work?" he said, "I I just I'm having difficulty waking up because I'm staying up late and playing video games." And hey, we all love video games, right? I got down on Halo back in the day. Mm-hmm. But if you're making the decision that video games are more important, then again, maybe this isn't the right Avenue for you. Correct. Um, and that's okay, right? This job isn't for everyone, but we want the people here who want to want to work, who want to do a good job, who want to represent the brand, who want to be teamsters because ultimately it's our hard work that is keeping UPS afloat, not the other way around without us. They wouldn't
0: exist. And, uh, Thanks for making that simple for me, Ross. I'm sure you saw my two brain cells start frying. I was, I was trying to add the stuff Jason would say. I was like, what is he saying? <laughs> no, but uh, to add to that, Russ, I, I definitely agree with you. And Jason, I agree with you as well. That people tell me all the time, I don't want to help. They're making me go back out and help. This is BS. Well, what's the problem? I want to go home and drink a beer and watch Jeopardy. I was like, oh, shit. So Jeopardy is worth... 30 an hour
1: and then alex trebek's not even on there anymore it's not even worth it i don't so,
0: get it. Do you so see? you get one i'm like you're giving up drinking beer i mean you're giving up 30 dollars an hour to go drink beer and watch jeopardy on your recliner <laughs> like, what a like i'm trying to figure out here especially the way the economy's going the way inflation's going mm-hmm. do some people have like are they tapped in on some oil in their backyards? That's why they only need eight hours at UPS, especially I, as a new driver.
1: Some of them are probably still living in situations where they have roommates or they're living with their parents, and then that's fine, right? I don't have any problem with that. I think, you know, any time mm-hmm. that you have an ability to bring in a roommate and, and supplement your income and, and all that, that's wonderful. But you should be using that opportunity to get ahead,
2: mm-hmm. not
1: saying, okay, well, I only have to work X amount of hours. If you really want to watch Jeopardy, It streams on your phone. And if you take your lunch in the middle of your day, you have more than enough time to watch Jeopardy while you're taking your lunch.
0: There was a, yeah. And and there was this driver during peak season. Uh, As I was pulling up probably around eight or nine, because I would go help Mo. He would be backed up uh, in those pallets that they had Mm -hmm. packages for the um, RPCDs. Or no, no, I my bad. Um, what were those? PVDs. PVDs, personal Sorry.
1: vehicle drivers. We call them they, illegal PVDs because yeah. they're they're not within the confines of the contract.
0: Yeah, well, I forgot about them because they didn't matter to me. Yeah, they don't. Um, but, but I saw this package car driver backed his truck in, and I'm like, and I'm sure, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm sure he's going to hear this and know who I'm talking about. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? He said, working. There's still work here available. I said, all right. I was like. Don't you you have a wife and kid like what? Like I'm surprised you're not trying to go home to them. He looked at me. and goes, "Bro, I'm young. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to buy my second house. Smart. There's money right here. Why would I go home?"
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, "Oh sh- okay. Like I'm gonna make a T-shirt and hand it out to all your fellow coworkers, and remind them that in life it's like Monopoly. Are you mm-hmm. just gonna keep walking past Go?" and collecting that paycheck or are you going to start trying to buy some property and buy some assets and try to move forward? And cause UPS there's overtime.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, there's,
0: there's mm-hmm. drivers, there's routes going out heavy,
1: you, you know? And this is a job where you can absolutely get ahead. You can put yourself in a position to buy a second house. You can put yourself in a position to, um, you know, have some sort of uh, rental income coming in. And and if if these young folks who are coming in right now and, and we had to wait for years and years and years before we could drive, it's not like that anymore. You can come in and you can drive in less than a year and start making money that I only dreamed of making. I had to work three jobs in order Mm -hmm. to be able to buy my first house. These guys don't. And so, you know, maybe I'm a salty old dog already at the tender age of 32, but I don't think that it's that hard to show up, put in a fair day's work for a fair day's pay and, and have a goal in mind. And, and for people who are listening, who are saying, I have to get home and I have to go see my family. I agree with that. Right. Like, that's one of the values that I represent, being able to go home and see your family. And and so there's nothing wrong with that. But do the job the right way. If everybody we preach these things for a reason. Soapbox time. We preach these things for a reason. If you if everybody takes their 15-minute breaks. If everybody takes their hour lunch. If everybody works safely so that they can go home and see their family in the same way that they came to, you know, to work. Um the company would have no choice but to put more routes on the road. That would bring the average day down. That would make it so that you are going to work, uh, uh, not these fourteen-hour days that some people are working right now, and you're still going to get the same result, and you're not going to be busting yourself to do it. There is a reason why we ask all of our, all of our employees. All of our members, UPS's employees, to do the things that we ask them to do, and if people aren't willing to do that, if they think that they've got it all figured out, well you're going to break yourself. Uh, I, you know I know there are several crushers right now who and we crushers are, are people that go out and, and run um, and don't take their breaks and and just try and get the route kind of as fast as they can. There are several crushers right now who who recently did get hurt and the payment that the company gave them was, oh well, you're going to come in two hours later, and you're going to have to take uh, an hour lunch, right? They're, the company's forcing the people who got hurt to do the things that we're preaching. They're not forcing people who are out on the road to do the things that we're preaching, but the people who got hurt, they're forcing them to do that. And, and so our position is that. If you had done that from the start, you wouldn't be stuck in this position. And now they're getting home even later because they got hurt. And the company's forcing them into that position. And they're crying that, well, I'm going home later. You're right. But if you'd done the job the right way, if everyone had done, you know, these simple things that we're asking, not only would it be the job be more enjoyable because when you stop in the middle of your day and you take your lunch, um, is it, is it better for your mental health and your physical health? It, it also puts pressure on the company to put more routes on the road to have more union brothers and sisters working beside you and um, you know ultimately gets you home earlier. So if there's one thing that I can encourage is take your lunch, take your breaks, do the job the right way.
0: Um, <clears throat> to add to that, ross um back in the day the company used to fear us taking a lunch yep and now they're writing
2: people up for not taking one
1: they want people to take their lunch
0: no, and no, like, no.
2: they want people to take their half hour lunch yeah that's fair well correct. as long as you're not on a business route yep. as soon as you're on a business route you get carte blanche to do whatever you want
1: true
0: well what i was trying to go with this is that the company is also trying to test some of us and Here's the thing I got, right? Sundays they're having trouble or Saturdays they're having trouble staffing Saturdays. Yep. We get like a message in the afternoon on Friday. Um, you know, sign up or you'll be forced in, blah blah blah. Or re- reply back to this message. And the biggest thing I have is if everybody took their lunch every day within the four to six hour, stop, get some food. Uh, you take like me personally, uh, I'll tell you my routine. I, after air, I take my 15 minutes at Starbucks mm-hmm. yep. or uh Dutch bros. I help keep the lights on. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. You're the, you're the patron that's keeping the lights on. <laughs>
0: um, there's a Dutch bros on my route. So it makes it very, uh, easy after air. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick little pick me up of coffee. I, um, I take and sugar. my, and yeah, well, that's what I'm doing it for. It's the sugar, Mm-mm. the, um, and then I'll take my lunch, I go eat somewhere new around my route. Right. Or I uh I bring lunch and I use the microwave on one of the business routes that I have. That's and smart. and I uh I catch up on my phone, I watch I call people, um, call around like like uh if I need to schedule something, uh like I have my eyes uh to get my eyes seen, I did it on my lunch break. And it's just like one of those things where I get time for myself. Right. And if you're doing it in that order, and, and before I even go in late at night, I'll take my last break. Yep. And a lot of these drivers will take everything when they get back in the building. I'll see them sitting outside the office, and it's like, "What are you? are, are you all right? You're good? Oh, yeah, I'm taking my 15 break. Like, why? Why did you take it here? You know, like, let me tell you something. The people that are working inside the warehouse, mm-hmm. You think if they were to take a 15-minute break, they could hop in their car and go down to the gas station? They can't. They're on company time. They can't drive their own vehicle. But we were on the road. We could stop by a gas station and start a break the moment we break out. Right. Like, those are the benefits you get. Or there's been times where I've, I'm have i like, oh, you know what? I'm craving Olive Garden for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. So on my last 15, I'll call, place an order, and then by the time I park the truck, get out, it's ready to go. Nice, and it's just the timing of it is perfect. But that's why I don't understand why people don't want to take their breaks out on the road.
1: When you pick it up from, uh, uh, you know, to go, you don't you miss out on uh, the endless breadsticks, though. So that's kind of a bummer.
0: That that is yeah. I keep away from those. <laughs> got
1: to yeah. I got to stay away from those. I have an office job now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'll uh, I'll also testify to what you say, Ross. We I am currently on TAW, and we are coming in at. 10:30, and i've seen without naming names drivers come in and they're just like i'm not going to do another day of this i'm going back out
1: it it really is unfortunate to see um because coming in at 10:30, people are looking at it as uh, essentially being targeted for being injured and i think that there's a case to be made there that the company is doing that um at the same time i think there is some responsibility of our members to look at the contract, recognize that currently the way that the contract is, is spelled out, the company has the right to do that. Um, they have the right to pull in people two hours before, two hours after their regular start time um, when they are on TAW. And um, you know, so if you're scheduled to come in at 1030, then that's when you're scheduled to come in. And the most important thing about painting on TAW is giving your body time to rest, giving yourself a break, um, and, and trying to recover from your injury. So if you're making the decision based on, oh, well, I'm getting home later, so now I need to go and put myself back into the fold and do this very physical job before I've fully healed, then. That's not what we want. That's not what the intent is. Um, but unfortunately, you're, you're doing exactly what management wants, mm-hmm. which is you're getting back out on road, you're giving them production, and uh, you're putting yourself at risk. And the company is not going to care when you tear your shoulder. They're not going to call you and check in and give you flowers. They just want you back on the road. You are your own advocate of safety. Sorry, I'm preaching a lot on this episode, guys, but
0: No, it's you're right. Like I'm I am i have officially hit on Friday three weeks in there and they finally asked me how is it how's my shoulder doing after two weeks of being in there.
1: Congratulations. And it's Did just, they give you uh did they give you a unicorn cake with that too?
0: <laughs> Damn shots. Shots fired. No, they they did it. I'm kinda mm. sad. No, but they, they saved the unicorn cakes for supervisors. Yeah, but they, they need to um they need people need to understand that this job is is mental and the moment you could overpower that this like like a friend told me once this job could take your your time and your body but they could never take away your happiness and that's why I don't understand why people come in so pissed off
3: yeah
1: a lot of people are angry and, um and a it's lot just
0: of i know I tell people all the time inside that office oh man this this sucks this i'm like you're getting paid really good money to fill out a piece of paper of your five ten keys and everything else
1: and the the funny thing is is that you know we're talking a lot about ups but obviously you know here at local 533 we represent a lot of crafts and and to your point talking earlier about keolis keolis is um a, a company that does our, our public transit. And so all of our bus drivers, yeah, they, there's issues over there too. Keolis is not a good company, but when I talked to those members, um, even when we were on the strike line and things were super tough and you know people were trying to figure out how to pay their bills, there was still a sense of, you know we're here to work, we want to be here, uh, we represent something more than than just driving a bus. we represent quality, um, work that is going to safely get the the people of this community around. And so there was a lot of pride in that. What I want to see from, from our largest contract, which is UPS, what I want to see from our, our members at UPS is that sense of pride. When you deliver that box, you're not just delivering it, you know, um, like an Amazon driver would. I mean, Amazon drives around with their fucking doors open. I've it, it blows my mind. We set a higher standard. We are better employees. We get paid more. We care more. Like, and if we're not representing those values, then then we're not living by the standard of what Teamsters are. And and ultimately, we're moving into a new generation of Teamster leadership, right? And so. This is a perfect time to talk about what it means to be a Teamster, what the future holds for the Teamsters, and ultimately what we within Local 533 are looking for from our members because there's a real possibility that in a year we're going to be on strike at UPS. And our members need to understand that it's about more than you know just delivering boxes. There's a ton of pride that goes into being a Teamster doing
2: Teamster work. I'm glad you brought that up about <clears throat> the potential strike next year. Because everything we've been talking about is mostly money, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like the Code 5 taking days off. Sure. And so there's like a couple of things that come to mind for me is we have a strike coming up and...
1: Potential strike. Pot- but yes, it's the, the, the potential is yeah. high.
2: Yeah, pretty high, just because of the last contract, the one that we're currently working under. Right, so we have a lot of very vague, undefendable articles in our contract right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the worst ones is speaking to how you were talking about the cheapest driver for UPS makes twenty fifty, and the guy next to him makes fifty cents more just because he's a different classification. Obviously, we need to get rid of stuff like that in there so that's people that don't know that's what's bringing in the strike is that's probably one of the single greatest uh, factors for potentially going on strike in 2023 is the 22-4 classification Yep. but not only saving for the strike but it's also about saving for your future um, mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of people don't want to work that extra day, don't want to work those extra hours. And most people are fully counting on a pension for when they retire. For me, I don't want that four to six grand fixed income when I retire in 20 years. Who knows what inflation did to that, you know? Um, and then if you do your 401k and you do all these other right things, like you don't have to be here 30 years. You can leave earlier. So just about making the money, saving the money, saving for strikes, like being financially stable, buying that second house, like Ashley's talking about. There's a lot on the line every single day going into work, but especially with that strike. You want to talk about the more about that, Ross? Sure. Uh,
0: well, I got a quick question, Ross, yeah, to absolutely. lead into it. Can you please tell us about our new president
1: sure yeah
0: and, and why we think there might be a potential strike
1: so yeah absolutely um for those uh teamsters who are uh, not in the know we have new leadership within the international um and i'm very excited about it i'm so excited uh sean o'brien and fred zuckerman are Uh, now at the IBT uh, Hoffa retired and um, you know, everything that Hoffa did for the teamsters is is amazing, but I think his timing for retirement makes sense. And I I think that our ability to be able to move into the next generation of leadership um, couldn't come at a better time. So uh, obviously we thank Hoffa for, for what he did for us. um, But moving forward, O'Brien's mindset—he uh, comes out of out of Boston, and <laughs> I've sat down and and had a, a few conversations with him, and his mindset absolutely is: put your helmets on, put your shoulder pads on, the contact sport—we're coming for you, and he's not fucking around. The last contract that we negotiated with UPS, we. We're, we started contract negotiations over a year in advance. That's a really long process. Well, my understanding is that Sean told the company that we're not going to negotiate the contract until four or five months before the end date. And the company went, well, what are we going to do? That's you know, not enough time. And he said, well, you better come prepared because we're going to be. So it, things aren't going to work how they always have worked. The the structure of leadership has changed. They're putting a lot of thought and effort into how do we um, represent our members better, quicker, more efficiently. How do we become stronger and leaner? <laughs> One of the ideas that O'Brien has thrown out, and, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's one of those ideas that, that I love. Uh, who knows if it could actually happen or not, but um, this just sort of shows you his mentality, is the Teamsters control every asset of logistics. We control freight. We control package. We control the ports. We control the trains. We control the Bus. the the buses. We control the airlines, right? Our members, and, and when I say the trains, um, you know, that's obviously uh, through um,
2: supply side
1: exactly. And and you know, same thing with freight, and same thing with the ports. If you got every single one of those industries to shut down in the United States for one day, one day—that's all it would take. You would absolutely wreck the economy of the United States. And that matters. That means something. That gives us a ton of power, right? And, and when he was sitting there talking about this idea of, you know, if we did this for one day, this is what we could accomplish, it gave me goosebumps. So that's where our, our new leadership is. This is the kind of person that he is. He doesn't want to give anything to these big companies, and yeah, UPS has a lot of money. They're a massive company. You know, I think they made over three billion last quarter. It something insane like that. Um, and and they're one of our our more formidable opponents. But that's why these negotiations are so important, and we're gonna be putting all of our time, all of our effort, all of our energy into making sure that this is the best contract that we've ever had. And if we don't get it, high likelihood we're going out on strike. So if if people are who are working at UPS are not saving money right now, they are making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't go on strike, then hey, I guess you have a little extra money to go on a nice vacation. But if we do go on strike, you're gonna need that that extra cash to be able to pay your bills so that you don't cross the strike line. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you, if you cross that strike line, there's no coming back from that. Nope. Right? We do not look kindly on that. And I am not going to be okay with any single one of my members at Local 533 mm-hmm. crossing that picket line. If you do that... Mm, mm.
0: I agree with you, Ross. Um, the thing with that, with our new president and new CEO, I think... They're ready for war, in my opinion. And this is all speculation, in my own personal opinion, so don't take this as any facts. None of us are in the room where it happens. And I think UPS is already starting their battles. They are. Because out of the 15 years I've been there, I've never seen it like this before, where management just does not care at all. Especially being a driver for so many years, you would ask for business help, and they would get it to you because the biggest thing they feared was missed business. And mm. a few weeks ago, months ago, they didn't care. I need business help. No help available. What do you mean no help available? I could probably f- find, like, four drivers. I went home at 3.30. Yep. What do you want me to do with this business then? She didn't miss. We don't care. More write-ups than I've ever seen.
2: That was wild, right? Like, 30, 40, 50, 100 pieces of missed business. Yeah. Across multiple drivers. That's it's
0: insane. And here's the thing that you a lot of people don't understand. UPS does not sell products. No. We sell service. The reason people choose UPS is because we are different than FedEx. We do it better. We're we're paid well, so we are held to a higher standard. We assure our packages get delivered. Mm-hmm. And that's why companies like us. I, I know a couple of FedEx drivers that are on salary and they tell me that as soon as they hit their they they bring it back in. They don't care how many uh, packages are still left in the right. package car. I know FedEx supervisors that tell me that after packages come back in that they have to go back out and deliver them themselves. So it, it, UPS right now they're they're starting their war within. Yeah. And I think honestly it's a mental war. They it want is. to break us down. Because how many drivers lately have been coming up to me personally and said, "What is the union doing?" And honestly, next time you ask that question, make sure you're asking it in the mirror. Hmm. Because here's the difference that I tell people: just because you're paying your union dues doesn't mean that you're uh, uh, you're a full-on Teamster. In my opinion, it's like you go to the gym and you pay a membership; doesn't make you a bodybuilder. You got to go in and put in the work. I love and to if go to gyms
1: c- and eat donuts. What are you talking about? Come on. <laughs>
0: Give me your gym membership. I need to go there. That's right. No, but if if you're honestly coming in every day and you're not putting in the work, then what are we doing?
3: Mm -hmm. Because
0: a lot of us are folding. We have a contract that protects us. Whether you're afraid, there's education. Educate yourself. This company loves the ones that are not educated.
1: There's plenty of opportunities for anyone who wants to move into a, a, a leadership role within this union to be able to do so. We have several caucuses including a leadership caucus um we have uh, stewardship we have you know if you want to be active in in this community and you want to actually represent the union rather than asking the question of what the union is doing for me you are the union my job is to represent the contract my job is to settle grievances my job is to go in and talk with management and 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 do the best i can i'm one person right and and we have a great team of stewards but they're also, individually, only one person. If you want to represent the union the right way, then listen to the podcasts, get involved, ask questions, do all the things that we're talking about. And then, for the love of God, I go back to do the basics. I will preach and preach and preach. Take your lunch, take your breaks, do what we are asking you to do. We are not doing it. For any other reason, then we know that these things are effective, and they make the union stronger. They make your job easier. And if you can't even do the simplest things, then do not come back to me and say, "What did the union do for me?" I don't want to hear it.
2: I like that because I have a lot of people that constantly call me, and they're they're afraid to take a lunge, like you're saying, because they don't want to get off later. Um, They don't want to not run because they don't want to get off later. You know, like we have all these things of where the fingers pointing out and you got three pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people this is on like a grievance standpoint, but just if everybody educated themselves somewhat, not just coming to you, picking up the bat phone every time they need the smallest of things, but if everybody put two grievances in a month, which is super easy to do, super easy. Like, if we wanted to, we could all fill out 10 a day. Like, hmm. just by walking through the door, we could all fill out 10 a day. How many do you normally have on the agenda for, just say package, to keep it simple, Ross?
1: Well, in the new, uh, the new agenda just dropped, um, and we had 180 new cases for the month. Um, and, and there's always going to be some carryover from month to month. Um, unfortunately, we've had a... a bit of bad luck on the company side in that when I do my job, I have to sit down with a labor manager. And that's, that's my counterpart from the company side. And we go over and adjudicate all the grievances that folks have filled out and, and, you know, try and get them settled. Um, we haven't had a labor manager since December. I mean, we had one gentleman for, for a little while and then he quit. Uh, and then we've recently gotten a new labor manager, and it's taken time to to get that new labor manager up to speed, get him into the Reno uh, building, and and start adjudicating cases. So we're a bit backlogged right now. I'm looking at 800 grievances on our agenda. That's a lot, but to your point, that's it could a, be it could be more. F-
2: that's four months since December, though. Right. Like, what I'm saying is. We have 300 package drivers. If everybody put two grievances in a month, that's 600. That's going to double it right there.
1: And that's work that I'm willing to take on, right? So so you mentioned earlier, Essley, that people are coming to you and saying, hey, what's the union doing? I'm going to tell you that personally I'm very excited about the way that this union is moving. I'm excited about the work that we're doing. We're getting... Uh, we recently just had, uh, what we call pre-panel, which is our first step to try and handle some of these grievances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I worked all week with Tyler, who's our new labor manager, um, on the company side and, and we got a lot of stuff taken care of and, and, um, yes, there are major issues with what's going on with, um, with management. I think that there is absolutely a ramp up from the company moving into negotiations to file more discipline, to uh, treat people with more disrespect, and, and all of that. And it creates a difficult work environment. But if everyone realizes that they have a union, that they are a union, and that they have the right to file grievances when they're being treated uh, un- unfairly or, or wrongly, then you're not going to look at this as, oh, my gosh, the world's on fire. It's, no, we have an opportunity to fight back against the company and hold them accountable for what they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my job is to basically uh, take all of the issues that the individuals are bringing and, and get that adjudica- adjudicated and taken care of. And, but it starts with the member. It starts with the individual. And it starts with all of us doing the same thing in the same way, being a real union, communicating, becoming part of leadership, asking questions, talking to their fellows. That's what this is all about. And if we're not doing those simple things every day, um, then I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. But I see more and more people actually doing that. I see it starting to take effect. I see us moving in a positive direction. I don't want this to be like, you know, I've said a lot of things today about you know, we need to do better. We need to do better. That's just my way of of constantly trying to move forward and build something Correct. that is going to be better by the time that we all end up leaving and retiring out. If we're not fighting every single day for our rights, eventually we're going to start to lose them.
0: And uh, also the things that I've said is also to help wake up some people and 100%, realize 100%. that we're Teamsters. Like watch old school Teamster movies and then ask yourself like, are we doing that? Are we, how soft have we got? And, and another thing to add to that is that a lot of people need to understand that UPS comes from a military background. Mm-hmm. The founders were in the uh, armed forces, whether it was Army or, or Marines. I can't quite remember, but they do bring a lot of those values into management. That's why management is trained so, so well by former Marines, former Navy SEALs, and they actually hire a lot of their upper management from those chapters. Because guess what? The toughest mentally people out there are Navy SEALs, Rangers, who can't be broken. 100%. And their tactics, they come in and they try to mentally break us. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Ross, you got a 14-hour day today. Oh,
1: no. You better run. Better run.
3: But thanks and, for the
0: paycheck, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Let me tell you, if they really gave everybody 14 hours, where would everybody be on Friday?
1: <laughs> out of hours.
2: At
0: home.
1: At home hanging out.
0: Then who's going to deliver Friday? Doesn't S- sound like really smart management to me.
1: It's not. It's not
0: cuz honestly, if you guys all thought about it, they give you guys heavy days cuz they know that you're going to run. You're yep. going to figure it out. Mhm. Do you Somewhere, somehow you're gonna manage it.
2: And think, Oh sorry. Oh ahead. no,
0: no. And that's what I was just gonna go with is that if you took your hour lunch, your two fifteen minutes breaks out on road, you're really
2: just working twelve and a half. Not a full fourteen. True. I think we owe them a shout out actually. Um Well we bet what we started about three years ago, Ross is a steward, somewhere around there. Something like that. And b a for almost two yep, going and, on two now, and uh so in that time frame, we've preached like literally the same exact things, and some people take longer to get it, some people don't get it at all, but the what I'm seeing right now is we have management that is highly abrasive, and they just don't care and in the last six months, I've seen quite a few people completely flip from. Like, as soon as they walk in that door, they go in off the clock, sort their truck, and as soon as they get to the first stop, they're running until they get back to the truck for the last time and drive in. And now we got them taking lunches, you know, um, not working poorly, just mm-hmm. that hour and a half in the middle of your day is a game changer.
1: That's all, it, it, it's, <clears throat> it's very simple right i don't think we're asking for for anything too complicated from most folks if every single person in that building made the decision to take the 215s and their hour that's a game changer and for those people who want to step up and become a bigger part of the union there are so many opportunities to do that like so many opportunities and we embrace that we want more people in the fold to become interactive and have those conversations. But if you don't want to do that, if that's not your style, then then one thing that you can do that's extraordinarily simple and actually helps you out a ton, take your 215s, take your hour lunch. Cannot stress that enough.
0: Well, here's step 1 in my opinion to get more involved is reach out to Ross, reach out to the Facebook message, mm-hmm. uh, Messenger, reach out on Instagram and join Slack.
1: 100%. It's
0: our growing chat is insane right now. Yeah. We started this thing with five of us. Now there's 52 and yeah. counting.
1: And we want more people on there. The Slack and, is amazing. You're right.
0: And Slack, somebody in twilight could be asking a question that somebody in preload might know. And the problem with information is there's a lot of unsure information out there. Somebody in twilight might have a pickup. For instance, might have a question of, Hey, I'm sick and tired of stacking the belt every time this truck gets backed up. And I feel like packages are going to fall over the side and it might hurt somebody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, somebody in Twitter could be like, well, why are you stacking stuff? Shut the belt off. The belt. It's unsafe. It's under article 18. Egress. And, and then that guy could be like, all right, cool. Cause he could ask somebody else and they'd be like, nah, man, you got to keep, keep it going. It's the loader's fault. It's the loader's fault. But in reality, like, the better we could spread information between each other. And, and like I said, Slack, is, is, it keeps us away from texting each other. We, we send a message in the general discussion, and when somebody replies, somebody replies. Yep. And, and honestly, I think that's one of the best ways uh, besides Facebook and, and uh, Instagram.
1: We're, we're pushing the Slack really heavily right now. If, if anyone who's listening is interested in joining the Slack, just reach out to one of your stewards. Um, and, and we'll get an invite sent out to you. Um, it's a really, really great tool for communication, getting questions answered quickly and properly. Um, and, and there's, I mean, even I am learning things on there because some of, the, some of these guys are throwing ideas off the wall that, you know, I don't think about. And so there is opportunity for all of us to, to learn from the Slack. And I, I know that, that you two were big proponents and champions of the Slack, particularly US Lee at the beginning. And so I can't thank you enough for um, pushing that because it's an awesome, awesome tool.
0: The biggest thing that I tell people is when they come up to me and they tell me, Hey, what advice could you give me? Number one advice, and the only advice I would give anybody work safe. Mm -hmm. Find your safe work pace. Because here's the thing Jason has two kids at home he wants to go home to, right, Jason? Yes, sir. And you want to play with them on the weekends on your days off? Um, Would you be able to do that if you're running out of a package car and your knees start giving out? Nope. You know, we all have our things that we like to do outside of work, the people we work for. And I'm not talking about the company we work for, the people like at home who depend on us to bring um, a paycheck to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. Kids who look forward to playing catch with us at the park, pass the ball around, do anything. Mm -hmm. And we honestly, if we're too focused on making it home Monday through Friday at three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. What are we sacrificing to our bodies to do so?
1: I'll take it a step further. You know, I'm, I'm very sleep motivated. You know, we're talking about coming home and seeing our families and all that. And I obviously, you know, that's the number one thing, but when you're hurt, you know, say you you tear your shoulder, how difficult is it going to be for you to get quality sleep? I mean, let's, let's look away from, from all of our other external responsibilities and, and focus inward for a second. Every single one of us needs good sleep. In order to be able to take care
2: of all the people that we care about. If you, this message brought to you by Lisa Sleep Mattress.
1: Nectar. We we are looking for sponsors. Um, it, you know, so so if you if you mess yourself up at work, it is gonna be more difficult to get sleep. And and so, you know, if if you if you're a young person who's like, I don't have a family, I don't care, then focus on yourself for a second. Because as soon as you fuck your shoulder or your knee or your back up, trust me when I say that you are not gonna be able to sleep well. And it's gonna suck
0: I could attest to that hmm. um currently, I have a injured left shoulder. they think it might be a torn or something's teared in there i um I'm in constant pain every day. I can't sleep at night, and the only fun activity I get to do at at the house is lay around yeah. miserable
1: listeners you you should see him. he looks terrible.
0: And I've been with the company 15 years, so, like, all you young guys out there that think you're invincible, let me tell you, you're not. No. And I, uh, it's just a a reminder, stop taking shortcuts and work safer. Yep. What happens to your pay in two weeks? To my what? To your pay in two weeks.
2: It gets short?
0: My pay? Yeah.
1: Are you, well, like, you mean? I think you go
2: from TAW to comp. Oh yeah, it goes way um, low.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. we could we could talk about comp. We'll save that probably for another episode. Yeah. But you know, if if you're out on TAW for a certain amount of time, then they'll put you out on on workers' compensation. Uh, Your pay goes down and all that. And, and like I said, we'll we'll save that for another episode. But um, you know, it 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 does affect your ability to make a good living wage and. And we don't want to see anyone hurt. So take care of yourselves. Do the job the right way. Do what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. The only thing I've really got to put out there, and I got to ask you guys, I really like how everyone else is getting involved. We're getting more and more people involved. Um, major shout out to uh, Ross and Debbie for continuing to hold the front down at the hall and allowing us to do what we got to do at the hub. And the more we could get more drivers and more employees, more involved, ask questions. And part-timers, please, please, please do not be afraid to grieve your supervisor for working. He is not helping you. Mm -mm. You have four trailers to load and you think it's cool he's loading one to help you out. Hey, bro, I'm helping you out. No, he ain't. No, He's taking money away from you.
1: He's taking money away from you or or one of your brothers and sisters that they are sending home home every single fucking day.
0: Cause here's the thing, he, if you're loading four trucks, do the best you can. Yep. That's all you could do, and that's all the company could ask from you. Do the best you can safely. If it gets shit goes down the belt, so what?
1: Don't be afraid to kill the
0: belt. And and the other thing is, if UPS was really worried about short staff, why did they take the four dollars away from part timers? They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They want you to find the shortcuts to make their jobs more easier.
1: I can't tell you how many times. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, uh, man. You, you just kind of uh, touched on, on a nerve for me. Um, like I said, we were recently in pre-panel, and we were talking about safety, egress, um, specifically on our sword, sword aisle, which is pure chaos. Um, and. It, I go into that building and I go up to the sword aisle and it looks like a bomb went off. And the, the standard for egress is that you have to have 28 inches of uh, 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 clear space to be able to walk through. If not, you have an egress problem. You need to kill the belt. You need to shut down the operation. And you need to clean up that egress for your safety. That is a standard, standard within contract. That is an OSHA safety violation. All of those things are there so that if a fire happens, you have some way to get out, right? Um, and, and so, but the company doesn't want you to know that. And so they just yell at you when you kill the belt and say, keep going, and you're going to be buried in boxes up to your waist. And, and it's a very dangerous situation. And so one of my stewards, uh, shout out to Mary Simidon, and I were having a conversation with management about, these issues and what we thought needed to be addressed and management continued again and again and again throughout the conversation to put it back on the workers. Well they're just lazy. They're taking too many bathroom breaks. They're not working hard enough. Well that's fucking bullshit. They're not putting enough staff up there. They're not taking care of people's safety. They're not training and educating them the right way. And and it is not going back Onto the members. It's not about them taking excessive bathroom breaks. If you had enough people to be able to cover for those bathroom breaks, then it wouldn't matter that people need to go and relieve themselves. And while we're on the topic of bathroom breaks, you absolutely have the right to go and use the restroom, right? You absolutely have the right to go to to use the facility, wash your hands. Please wash your hands. Um, and, and and get some water. That is your right. They cannot stop you from doing that. And I'm sick of hearing from the company, well, they're just not working fast enough. They're, not just, they're just not working hard enough. They're, not, they're taking too many bathroom breaks. That's, that's bullshit. And, and Mary and I sat down and clapped back against the company again and again and again and again. But this is the philosophy that they have. And if, if the members who are listening don't realize that yet, well, here it is. They don't care about you. You are just a number to them. They can tell you as much, uh, as many times as it takes that, no, 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 we do care about you. But when I sit in that room and I have those behind-the-door conversations, they're just taking too many bathroom breaks. They're just not working hard enough. I can't tell you how many times I fucking hear that. So work safe, take care of yourself, and, and don't let management intimidate you because they just look at you like a number.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you employee. might as well have that barcode and employee <laughs> ID number tattooed on your forehead cuz that's all you are to them.
1: Yeah.
0: And don't let them um don't let them scare you. Uh, as a pickoff, I used to get uh, I would kill the belt when trucks used to be backed up and the full-time supervisor would hop up there and tell me if I don't run the belt, he's going to get me for industrial sabotage, <laughs> which of course I just smiled at him because I know the contract and it clearly states that you cannot be instructed to work unsafe. You cannot. And as long as you believe that you may be in harm or put other people in harm, the public, yourself, a fellow employee, you have the right to stand for, your, stand for that. I don't feel safe running the bell because of this. Yep. And don't let them scare you. All right. All right,
1: well, welcome back from break. Uh, We had to, uh, you know, we we drank a little too much coffee, and we had to go and and, uh, take our our union-approved bathroom
0: breaks. But uh, I'm sending Jason a letter home, though. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, took too long. That's it, a warning letter? Just a warning letter. If you
1: do it again, we'll escalate discipline novel
0: concept escalating well, discipline. Why, why are you acting like the warning letter doesn't affect you, Jason? I'm just
2: surprised you didn't do a discharge.
0: Yeah, automatic yeah, that's discharge.
2: That's
0: all I'm saying. All I gotta do is send a warning letter piss off your wife at home and... She'll just let... slap in your face. You got her trained?
2: Yeah.
0: What? No. No. <laughs> he,
1: she has him trained. I don't know if you've got <laughs> <I'm sorry, I'm laughs> anti. Oh, too.
2: damn. <laughs>
1: this is the other way around. Uh, but um let's uh let's kind of just get back down to it we've talked a lot today about you know the basics and and as we get back into uh, a regular schedule uh, releasing podcasts uh, we want to thank everyone for listening and um, if you have any feedback please uh, let us know we're we're always available to be reached at, at any of our, our social medias, um, whether it's the the Instagram, the, the Facebook page. Um, the teamsters Twitter is hot right now. The yeah, the local five thirty three Twitter. Please follow. It is an excellent, excellent follow. I don't know who runs that that Twitter. I have no idea, but whoever it is, they are hot fire. Um, and uh, yeah, with with that being said, I think we want to close out. Yeah. And. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that primary season is coming up. I know no one wants to hear about politics, but I will remind you all that it is important to exercise your civic duty and vote.
2: So I think just to throw a recap in there, most important thing we're trying to hit home is we have that new president and that's going to bring so a lot of, that's going to bring a lot of change to what we're doing and what he's going to try and bring us that we get to deal with in a positive manner each and every day so that brings up the financial stuff we talked about so take your lunches they're cutting routes like crazy so they're just handing over money like it doesn't mean anything to them so save that money work safe and then um, one thing that we're trying to push here is the newsletter getting information out to everybody so yeah. if you could get your email sent in and help him help us out so that we keep everybody up to date just uh probably just send ross an email It'd be one of the easiest things right yep yeah. uh ross at
1: teamsters533.org
2: all right what you got Ashley?
1: that's it just stay safe everyone stay safe remember to vote
3: <laughs> bye <laughs>